get serious. Locking autopilot on homing signal now. Rap on a table. It's time to respond. Send us a message from somewhere beyond. W Radio, your information station. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 182 for the week of August 8th, 2010. We'll start off this week's show with a visit to what has recently become one of my favorite areas of the Magic Kingdom as we look at the top 10 things we love about Liberty Square. Beyond the Haunted Mansion, it's a land that's filled with incredible details, historical importance, and wonderful opportunities. I'll then take you to the waters of the Seven Seas Lagoon and aboard the Grand One, the most luxurious watercraft at Walt Disney World, as we explore how this cruising experience is perfect for parties, a romantic evening, and special occasions. I'll announce the winner of our last Walt Disney World Trivia Contest, have a few announcements, and then play more of your voicemails at the end of the show so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. I think that each of us most likely has a land in the Magic Kingdom that we consider our favorite for one reason or another. But I think also there's something that we probably enjoy about each of the seven lands here in Walt Disney World's first theme park. And this week for our top ten list, we're going to take a look at our top ten favorite things that we love about one of those lands in particular. And joining me once again in this land we call Liberty Square is a member, an original member of the Fife and Drum Corps himself, Top Ten, Tim Banana Foster. Thanks, Dad. Original member of the Fife and Corps. <laughs> so is, is Liberty Square one of your favorite lands, or is it your favorite land in the Magic Kingdom? For this segment, it's my favorite land in the Magic <laughs> Kingdom. I, I, think it, um, I think Liberty Square is sort of like the, the red-headed stepchild sometimes, because it is the smallest land in the Magic Kingdom, and I think for a lot of people... It may not be their favorite because there aren't a lot of thrill rides here. Sure, there's the Haunted Mansion, but when people think about coming to the Magic Kingdom with their kids, they may think of Fantasyland first or some of the attractions in Tomorrowland or Frontierland because of Splash and Big Thunder. So that's why I thought it would be interesting to see if we can pick out the top ten things that we do love about Liberty Square because I think there's a lot, and I think like every top ten list, there will inevitably be honorable mentions and many of them, um, as well as the requisite emails that come thereafter that say, oh my God, Tim Foster, how did you possibly miss the pickle stand in the middle of it's Liberty always, Square? Where's the pickle stand? <laughs> You're sitting right next to it. I'm sitting next to it. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I thought it would be interesting to see uh, what we come up with for our top ten in, uh, in the smallest land in Walt Disney World. So there's probably going to be, like I said, a lot of extraneous discussion as well as honorable mentions and multiple go-with-me-heres. So uh, I'll let you go first. I'll even let you go oh, first because I am a scholar and a gentleman. Well, I know one of the main reasons for Liberty Square existing is to have a home for the Haunted Mansion. And I think for a lot of people, the Haunted Mansion is the reason to go to Liberty Square. And unfortunately, that's it sometimes. But we will start with the Haunted Mansion, but we're going to stay outside. And, of course, as you go and you'll note there's the cemetery going with the gravestones, which everybody's familiar with. But what you may overlook as you're leaving on your way to the Hall of Presidents, or wherever you're heading to, is all the detail that's at the exit of the Haunted Mansion. Um, And there's a lot to look at. So next time you leave, make sure you spend a few minutes looking around everything from the pet cemetery to the mausoleum with the names on them, which are all very clever puns. If you don't get them, you might want to say them out loud to yourself, which explains why a lot of times when you're leaving, you'll see people seem to be talking to themselves at the Haunted Mansion. That's really what they're doing. It's usually... looking at me quizzically, like... No, I'm just so used to getting those odd looks so from me talking to myself. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So just get used to it, folks. After a while, you just completely forget about it. Um, I completely agree with you. Although that was sort of a backhanded compliment towards the Hall of Presence. That was sort of an end-of-the-tiki-room joke no, towards... No, 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 no. No. <laughs> that haunted Hall of Presidents is my favorite air conditioning spot in the entire Magic Kingdom. And I don't say that lightly. because My favorite air-conditioned show in Liberty Square oh, it's, it's on a the good, It's a good show, too. <laughs> Seriously. It is. It is. Again, I will, I'll post Tim Foster's email <laughs> in the show notes for this week. But I will give you my first of my five of the top ten. And I will also go somewhat out of order because I will stay with you on the Haunted Mansion. Uh, although not specifically the pet cemetery and the beautiful details at the end and, and I love the Mr. Toad statue and if you can get to look and read some of the names on the pet gravestones I think they're, they're very very well done but I just love and again I'll stay outside because we do know that little Yoda probably would just uh. run right to the top of the list I will tell you that I love wandering Liberty Square at night specifically the area around the Haunted Mansion with the spooky music with the flickering light that you see walking by in the conservatory with the howling and with all the noises and and even just walking up to the queue at night is so much more eerie and sinister. It just adds, even though the attraction takes place completely inside, wandering around the area at night and approaching the queue at night adds a little something special to the Haunted Mansion experience. Very well said. Especially at Halloween, too. I mean, if you're here at Halloween, it takes on even more of a spooky. Well, they, they plus it up. I mean, they do things. We, I think we've talked about this on the show. I think we've written about it in the magazine. Some of the things they do. And, you know, it's funny, Tim, because like Star Tours during Star Wars weekends, the Haunted Mansion, although it's exactly the same as it is the other 350-some-odd days a year, the line for the Haunted Mansion is so much longer. And it, there's nothing like seeing it with kids dressed up in costume and people dressed like the hitchhiking ghosts lining up for this attraction that they may have been on a hundred other times. Uh, Don't forget the other nighttime spectacular, the riverboat, which is spectacular at night and a wonderful photo opportunity if you're so, if you're patient enough to take it. Agreed. And I I have a feeling we'll we'll be touching on the riverboat. To the riverboat again, but... I'm like looking at you like, are you trying to segue to the riverboat? So go ahead, give us a second. I'm segueing one though because you touched on it. Um... 
are the sounds of Liberty Square. And you might have heard one not too long ago. Um, I think more than many of the other lands um, in the Magic Kingdom, the Liberty Square has a lot of sounds that are very familiar to it that you can not only hear here, but across the park, including the steamboat whistle, which you probably heard just now, uh, as well as the howling wolf at the, mag- at the Haunted Mansion, which you can hear from all the way across the lake. And it's, um, it's th- these sounds not only echo throughout Liberty Square, but throughout the Magic Kingdom. Um, I make it a very... It's, it's one of those, as you're approaching Magic Kingdom, the sounds you hear, most of them come from here, from this area. It's very cool. I was with you. You had me at sounds because <laughs> one of those things... And it's, it's hard to describe. And I think if you're a passionate Disney fan, you will understand the fact that there is something comforting about the sound of the riverboat whistle, of the railroad train bell, of the clopping of the horses up and down Main Street or the screams coming from Splash Mountain. There is something that when you hear those as you're approaching by boat or as you are entering Main Street USA, you get that little bit of a smile. And look, we've been here each hundreds of times individually, and I think that still happens to us. And I think that's why we've talked about some of those top 10 sounds of Walt Disney World because they are so important and they are done so very Deliberately uh, and so very well themed, and a simple riverboat whistle and a simple, you know, bell off in the distance, uh, you know, that's calling to us from the Columbia Harbor House, enhances the the overall experience, especially in this land. I think you're 100 percent right. Two. <laughs> my um, my next one, I, I will actually move over to the Liberty Square Riverboat because it is, I think an overlooked experience it's certainly an overlooked attraction uh, many times when you when you do go on it or you see it going by the rivers of America it is not full unfortunately and I think it should be I think for a number of reasons I think number one it's one of those very calm very relaxing experiences in the park I think two it offers you and this is, is my number two the views that you get of Liberty Square of Frontierland of Tom Sawyer Island of Big Thunder Mountain even, are just spectacular. If you're a photo person, if you love taking pictures, ride it just for the angles that you get of the Haunted Mansion that you can't get any other way. And of course, the attraction itself does have a a great narration. I mean, I love the story as told by Sam Clemens slash Mark Twain and the details and the keelboat and... You know, Beacon Joe and all of the things that they have around that I think so many people look at the riverboat and they wander right by it. And I think it shouldn't be. I think it is one of those things that has been here since the beginning. I hope remains exactly the way it is. And two, like Halloween, it does get plussed up with a new narration, a new storyline, and offers a completely new experience. And it's not scary for you. Well, if you get up a, a on little the scary. Deck, yeah. If you get on the top deck and it's raining. It's a little scary. scary. What's the top deck called? It's so much better when you do these in person because I can see his reaction. <laughs> the Texas deck. It's called the Texas deck, Lou. Why is it called the Texas deck, Lou? Uh, that's a with the top ten reasons why it's called the Texas deck. <laughs> I, I hey, the photo ops are unbelievable. I guarantee you, if you ride it for the first time, especially with the Haunted Mansion, you'll go, "Oh, that's how they got that picture," because the views are amazing. And and also too. It's a real working steam engine, so you can go down to the lower decks and talk to some of the cast members. It's amazing to watch 
this machine push these paddle wheels and, and to make this boat ply down the rivers of America and go to the middle deck and take a look inside the captain quarters and look at some of the details in there. Again, so, so very well themed. You, you kind of get that sense that you are sort of, you know, placidly going down the, the Mississippi River with, you know, Tom Sawyer, you know, with Sam Clemens giving you the narration like that. Um, big, big thumbs up for me. Yeah, and speaking, uh, there's lots of photo ops in Liberty Square, um, not only from the from the riverboat, but they said of the Haunted Mansion at night during the daytime, um, of all the historic landmarks around, which we'll get to soon. But I got to tell you, my favorite photo op in Liberty Square is, putting, is the pickle cart. Is the, right, <laughs> my second favorite photo op in Liberty Square is Lou in the stocks, because it not only evokes the history the importance of Liberty Square but it just seems right on some level (laughs) not just me in the stocks I think you like seeing well continuing on the Tim Foster trend of seeing children in Walt Disney World being tormented getting put in the stockades by their parents gives you you know a little bit of thrill too nothing like putting Lou in the stocks and (laughs) and actually getting uh, you know I mean you can easily stick your head and arms out but if you bring extra implements and get Lou in there nice and tight. Well, in all seriousness, it, it, it is one of, you know, like the castle being the most photographed thing here, this is probably up there as far as one of the, the biggest and best photo ops that you can that people like to take with each other or with their kids because it is right out there in the central plaza. It is a lot of fun. There's never really a wait for it, and it's just one of those pictures, I think, that, that everybody has taken and probably will take either it was taken of you as a kid or you will take it of your children or all your friends next time you come. We should have top ten pictures of Lou in the stocks. Everyone could send in because I'm sure everyone has a picture. Great. I'll be getting emails from people. Would you mind? Would you try with your three-corner hat on? Lou, could you meet me at the stockade? I need to submit a picture to Tim of you in the stockade. So We'll post some. Great. Well, I'm going to move on to, uh, <laughs> to my uh, next one. And... This is, too, is one of those things that, that I try and point out to people because I, I said ad nauseum, I know, that everything is about story and it's not just the Haunted Mansion story and the Liberty Bell story and the, and the Riverboat story and Tom Sawyer Island and everything else, but even the shops and the restaurants have stories behind them. And no, I'm not going to talk about food here, but really? instead the story of the ye old Christmas shop is one of my favorite things in uh, in Liberty Square. I've touched on this in an article, I think, in the magazine before. I think I've also touched on it uh, on the show before because it is such a detailed and deep and rich story there of the three different families, of the three different shops, the woodcarver shop and Ichabod Crane giving music lessons and the woodcarver shop and the tailor and the story of the, the name Keppel outside being Disney's paternal grandfather, the little Pinocchio doll up in the rafter. I mean, a, a great, great details abound in there. And you might think, Lou, it's one shop. It's a simple, it's a blow-through Christmas shop. It's not. And I'll post in the show notes a link back to the earlier episode where we talked about it at length and in detail because I want you, I invite you, I implore you, even Tim Foster, to go in and spend a few minutes looking at all the detail and seeing if you can gather and piece together the bits of the story that make up the Christmas shop. Well, I have my homework now, don't I? You are not going to dinner until I want a full report. There will be a quiz later. (laughs) 
There'll yeah. be a top ten quiz later with honorable mention answers. Now, it's funny. The, the, I've realized why having Lou in the stocks was one of my favorite things to do at Liberty Square. Because I'm scanning down my list. Of- and you like, to sh- you like to torment. It's not just kids. It's short people altogether. Hey, you said that. I didn't say that. You're not short. I'm just taller than you are. <laughs> the reason that I think I like to torment Lou so much is evident by my list I'm looking at and scrawled. This is not my handwriting. And I swear I did not put this on here. But this also seems to be Lou's weaselly way of not, I'm not going to mention food in this one. Because <laughs> scrawled in here in some infantile handwriting says Sleepy Hollow Funnel Cake. You which, know which, that was at the top of your list. <laughs> I apparently, I adore funnel cake. I love funnel cake. I can't get enough of funnel cake. And where is the best, where does funnel cake taste the best? <laughs> I was just going to say, you might think it tastes best over by the American Adventure. Wrong. I, I, Wrong. I, correct. Where does it taste best? Oh, Liberty Square, of course. Sleepy Hollow. And, and how do you like your funnel cake? Lots of powdered sugar. You like to just sugar up, sugar caffeine up. up, and just deep fry it, and then you're good to go. If I'm going, I'm going all the way. And what do you what, with your funnel cake? Are you more of like a coffee guy, a tea guy, or you know, just give me some soda, high test, and, uh, and that's it? Well, if I have a funnel cake and I did it that bad, I got to have a diet coke because that offsets the funnel cake, and then all is well. Well, I thought if you said out loud, "I'm having a funnel cake," if I recall that, correctly, that, yeah, that all these tricks you need them all, and then walk a lot when you're done. Where does funnel cake rank in your uh, in your list of, of snacks here in the Magic Kingdom? Probably about 121st, which well, I'm amazed it's on my list. I can't imagine how it got there. Right after giant turkey leg. And, you know, he says that while he's eating a funnel cake. You unfortunately can't hear him chewing in the background as I'm going through my list. But that's okay. I think that you are probably not alone with the Sleepy Hollow funnel cake and the pickle cart pickle in cart. the middle. Um, for me, I- I'm going to uh, – I'm also going to move over to a food-related – entry on my top 10 list but it is not about food at all because again it's all about story and if you go into the Liberty Tree Tavern probably I think the best sit down restaurant in the Magic Kingdom separate top 10 for another day it's not just the food that I like in there and the cast members and the theming but it's the individual themes of the rooms themselves the George Washington room, the Bed Franklin room the Thomas Jefferson room the Betsy Ross room, you may not realize when you first walk in that you're kind of going into this this home with all these different rooms. But as you go in and as you sit down, there are plaques on each of the different rooms, and you can see elements of things that pertain to that particular person. So in the Betsy Ross room, of course, you'll find funnel No, you're not going to find funnel cake. You're going to find sewing equipment, and you're going to find an American flag. And then the Thomas Jefferson room, you might find writing instruments. In the Ben Franklin room, you'll find some of the things that he worked on and he invented. And it's a, it's a reason to go in and explore all the different rooms because there are such great details to be found in there. And, you know, some of those details, again, and this is going to lead into the next of my top ten, are not just fun to find, but also will help teach you about that individual and their contributions to American history. That's wonderful. Because it's actually going to lead into mine. And, and I will say, um, Liberty Square, you asked me if Liberty Square was my favorite land in all the Magic Kingdom. I, and you rolled your eyes. I, I forget what I said. It was all lies. Um, but Liberty Square does 
have a special place in my heart because I do come from Philadelphia, in case nobody is aware of that fact. Um, but there is a lot of um, familiarity here with Philadelphia um, and the history, um, starting with the Liberty Bell, of course. Um, I get to see the real one whenever I want to, which means I've seen it twice in my life, I think. Um <laughs> But uh, don't miss the replica of the Liberty Bell that is here. Uh, it's very fascinating to look at, especially when you realize it's made from the same mold the original Liberty Bell was. Um, and looking at all the details, my favorite is knowing that Pennsylvania is misspelled on the Liberty Bell, which is purposeful. That's how it was spelled back then. Um, but even other details, like the, the Hall Presidents um, being inspired by Independence Hall, which is where the Liberty Bell originally was, which for those who are not from Philadelphia, it's not there now. It's outside. And I'll take you on a tour next time you're here. Um, You'll take people on a tour if they come to Philadelphia? Absolutely. Oh, there's so a celebrations meet waiting absolutely. to happen in Philadelphia. Absolutely. You come find me, I'll take you on a tour. The come find me is your first, <laughs> your first I, quest. I have Tim's address. <laughs> uh, but the whole area where their Liberty Bell is, uh, it's a good place to... Just spend some time in Marvel at the courtyard with the 13 flags and the original American flag, the oak tree with the 13 lanterns. Um, it's very moving if you sit there and, and realize what it is and what it all means and what it's all about. And your discussion of the Liberty Bell and the things that surround it leads me to what definitely, you know, some of the other ones were not necessarily in order. This is, is the number one thing on my list that I love about Liberty Square, and it is the educational aspect of it, because there is real history here, and not history like in Fantasyland that dates back to Disneyland and history that goes back to some of the animated films. There's real American history to be discovered here, to be educated about here, while being entertained. So, like you said, people might not get a chance to go have Tim Foster give them a tour and get to see the Liberty Bell. But they can see it here. They can learn about it. They can talk to cast members here. Especially, go into the Hall of Presidents Rotunda. I guarantee you, you will learn something that you did not know about American history. And the cast members in there are so wonderful. And they are so passionate about the history. They'll be happy to talk to the people in the Rotunda or talk to you individually. And if you have questions, they'll answer them. Or if they see that you're looking at the seal or some of the things on the wall or some of the, the paintings inside, they will teach you about that. Even the riverboat, the Columbia Harbor House, has such it has wonderful nautical history in there. You go over to, like I said earlier, the Liberty Tree Tavern, the history of some of the people that helped shape the country. Sleepy Hollow refreshments, even you can find American <laughs> history there. And again, as a parent, if you're taking your child here, you have a great opportunity to teach your child. And if you have some sort of pang of guilt about taking them out of school for vacation because this is when you wanted to come down, then now you can justify it by saying, well, you know what, I'm going to teach you a little bit while you're here. And again, the cast members will definitely help you along. And I think far and away, Tim, Liberty Square over any other land, especially in the Magic Kingdom, gives you the opportunity to learn something yourself and to teach your kids and, of course, have fun the entire time that you're doing it. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot to see, and it definitely is a land where it's, um, you know, ride the Haunted Mansion, see the Hall of Presidents, and move on to Frontierland. So uh, definitely take some time, explore it, you'll be rewarded. Yeah, and, and to 
you know, beyond the American history here, and there's architectural history here. I mean, there's wonderful details inside and outside. You know, the symbols that you see, like the the, the fireman's insurance company, and at the outside of the Hall of Presidents, the two lanterns. You know, that the two if by sea lanterns of Paul Revere, and, and look at the architecture of the different homes, and you can sort of get that gradual progression through time and across the country going from east to west as the country grows and as time passes uh, from history as we come from you know Europe and, and across the Atlantic uh, by the Yankee Trader and by the Columbia Harbor House and then make our way towards the Mississippi as we get close to the Diamond Horseshoe. There is a ton to be seen here. There's a ton to learn here. Listen, if you just look down and see that that funny colored path that's traveling through the center of Liberty Square. There's a reason behind that as well. To that end, I'll shamelessly plug here, and, and I'm not going to give it away, Tim Foster, but I'm going to invite you to listen to my Liberty Square audio guide to Walt Disney World to find out some more of those details because I want to try and enhance your experience as much as possible. And that's what I hope segments like these do. It's not about we're telling you these are the top ten things, and I invite you that if you do have something that maybe we overlooked or we didn't touch on, Post a comment in this week's show notes. Let us know what one of your favorite things in Liberty Square is. Even if it's funnel cake, that's fine. Or if you disagree with the funnel cake, uh, that's okay too. How could you disagree with the funnel cake? I was going to say, if you need, I mean, there's a lot to see here and there's a lot to learn, but if you need incentive, go for the funnel cake. Go for the possibility that you may see Lou over the stockade. You can get that shot of him. I, I do want to throw one out for my daughter, which I would be remiss if I didn't mention. Outside of the home mansion, the Madame Leota souvenir cart, my daughter's favorite shopping space in the Magic Kingdom. All right, so top ten things we miss about Liberty Square. Mike Fink Hillboats. Did you ever did you ever ride a Mike I, Fink Hillboat? I don't think I ever did. You've so never you've never even been you've never been here before, have you? This is your first time in Liberty Square. Is this where the um, Big Thunder Mountain wait, where is that? <laughs> Where's the Tower of Terror? And for more Tim Foster goodness and, uh, and tormenting of children and short people worldwide, you can go and visit GuideToTheMagic.com. And, of course, he is my partner and uh, oh-so-talented magazine putter-togetherer and artistic wizard that you are. Um, there's a photo of you hanging in the Adobe Lab somewhere. Visit CelebrationsPress.com. And uh, if you have suggestions for other top tens, you'd like us, us to cover in the Magic Kingdom or anywhere around Walt Disney World, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com. Mr. Foster, I think it's time that we, uh, we go visit our good friend and, you know, if she was around, potential wife. Don't say it. Don't say it. Say it. Hurry back. Oh. <laughs> good night, Gracie. Master Hurry Gracie. back. That's the worst little Leota ever. Hurry back. That's the second worst thing. Hurry back, hurry back, be sure to bring your death certificate if you decide to join us. Make final arrangements now. We've been dying to have you.
exciting and new. Come aboard. I've spoken on many occasions about how people travel to Walt Disney World in many different ways, for many different reasons, and with different expectations. And I often get emails from people asking questions about the best ways to save money, free things to do in the parks, the least expensive souvenirs, etc. I also get an equal number of questions from listeners who want to plus their experience, do something memorable, special, they want to splurge, they want to indulge, or just find that ultimate romantic spot to take in the fireworks or maybe even pop the proverbial question. So today, we're going to look at something that falls into that latter category, something that is very special that you might not even have known was there, because this week, we're going to virtually take you aboard and cruise on the Grand One, Disney's luxury yacht docked at the Grand Floridian Resort and Spa. So when I think of romantic cruises on the Grand One, the first name that comes to mind is somebody who has also experienced it firsthand. He is Chuck Lionberger from DisneyDaddy.blogspot.com. My friend, welcome back to the show. Lou, as always, it's a pleasure to be back. And you are honestly are not the first person I think of when I think of cruising on the Grand One. I'm not? <laughs> oh, man. Maybe second or third. You're up there, but not right at the top of the list. So, <sighs> Okay. But look, Chuck, you know, I, I said at the intro that this is something that I think a lot of people probably don't even know exists. Or maybe if they're on the monorail going from the transportation and ticket center over to the Magic Kingdom, they might see this large yacht docked at the Grand Floridian. So let's talk about what the Grand One is. And I think first and foremost, without question, it is, There's look, there's many ways to traverse the waterways in Walt Disney World, far and away the most luxurious uh, of any of the boating experiences. Oh, absolutely. If you're looking to make your way along the Seven Seas Lagoon, you cannot travel in any higher style than the Grand One. You talked about plusing experiences at Walt Disney World, this would be the Grand Plus being the Grand One. The Grand One is a 52-foot-long Sea Ray yacht, and as you said, it's based at the marina at Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa. This boat runs about a million and a half dollars. In this case, in case one, you want to pick up one of your own. Yeah, in case you'd like <laughs> to get one of your own. This is a really, really, really nice boat. And it is completely decked out from top to bottom. It has a, uh, a full set of cabins underneath. Uh, it can sleep uh, around six if anybody was actually going to sleep on the boat uh, with a full cabin on the inside complete with satellite TV. It's got its own music system. Uh, there's a uh, full like, microwave on there and things like that to warm things up. The countertops are granite like i don't know if they're real granite if they're faux granite uh but full sinks uh all of that so this is a really really beautiful yacht to uh, go in and around the seven seas lagoon uh and of course bay lake as well i actually you know when you said about the countertops i was going to say that they're sandstone but everyone just takes it for granite but i didn't want to make the jungle cruise pun and (laughs) so we'll just move on uh, always such a rock of uh, of knowledge. So, <laughs> you know, also it has, uh, of course, the bridge is up top. It's got a flying bridge, and uh, you know that's another great vantage point, especially 
especially if you're taking one out at night to do something like Wishes, which is probably the, the signature experience uh, when you're doing the Grand One, is to take it out at night and be out in the middle of the Seven Seas Lagoon to watch Wishes. And it's truly a wonderful uh, experience to be able to see Wishes from that vantage point. Yeah, I've been out on some of the little water mice, this little uh, mini water sprite boats. I'm sure many of us have seen the pontoon boats. I've been on the fishing boats. I've been on Breathless and Breathless 2. I've also been on the Grand One. And, you know, words fail describing what it is. I mean, it is truly the, the pinnacle of luxury. It's like what you see on TV. And again, it's Chuck, it's huge. I mean, this is not something just for you and your friends or your you know loved one or, or immediate family. You can fit 18 people on this. I mean, there are staterooms in here, right? This is the kind of boat, ship, yacht that people would go and sleep on if if they were to plunk down a million and a half dollars for it. Yeah, if, if they wanted to plunk down the money, you could sleep on the Grand One. Uh, and I, I'm sure there are probably stories where some folks have probably done it. Uh, yeah, 18 people can be on the Grand One, and there have actually been weddings that have been conducted on the Grand One. And so it's it's a very uh, multifaceted yacht that you can do a whole lot of things other than just you know tooling around um, the Seven Seas Lagoon and Bay Lake. There was one story one time uh, where an individual rented out the Grand One for the entire day, and the only reason he wanted to do it is because he wanted a nice high quality and, and obviously uh, high class way to go back and forth between the Magic Kingdom and his resort. So he had the Grand <laughs> One at his beck and call the entire day. Now, I guess while we're talking about this and you know this is the ultimate in luxury, we probably need to early on set out the cost so folks kind of understand just how luxury this really is. Exactly. And, and when we lay the number on you, don't panic because you got to sort of think about it in terms of the numbers, because as of, of the night that we're recording this, and we've tried to, to confirm it, per hour, it runs about $558 per hour. And that depends whether whether you book it in the morning, in the afternoon, or for at night, if you want to watch Wishes or just sort of tool around um, on the lagoon. It is about that, whether you have one guest or whether you have 18 guests. And I qualify that because... If you think about it, Chuck, and if you do maybe want to go with another couple or with, you know, your extended family or with some other people, if we want to share the cruise and sort of break it out, you know, on a per person basis, it isn't maybe as overwhelming as that per hour number sounds. Oh, absolutely. Especially if you get, let's say, a group of of 10 people, two families come together, roughly 10 people. That's about 50. 58 maybe you know by the time you do some taxes and all that other stuff maybe about $60 a person that's not that bad when you break it down that way now again that's per hour so this is still a luxury experience but it's not necessarily a luxury experience that is unreachable or unattainable for everyone but the uber uber wealthy you know, this is something that can be done uh, by most people especially if you've got uh more people in your party to help spread the cost around. Right. And unless you're that guy that wants to rent it for the entire day, this is exactly what I says. This is the indulgence. This is the splurge. This is the gift you want to give your parents on their 25th, 50th wedding anniversary. This is where you want to go and pop the question. Or like you said, Chuck, if you're getting married, 
you know, if you're looking to get married in Walt Disney World and want to have a small, intimate wedding with just a few people, you want to talk about a unique venue to have it. I mean, sure, you know, the beach club is nice and the Polynesian is wonderful, but to be out on the water in front of Cinderella Castle or in the evening while Wishes is going on with, you know, the backdrop, talk about a spectacular, spectacular view, something that your guests and you certainly will never forget. Oh, it's awesome. It's incredible. And again, it's the type of, of vantage point that very few get to experience uh, at Walt Disney World. And, and so this is is probably one of the most exclusive experiences that anybody can have, uh, especially when it comes to you know the Magic Kingdom area. It's it really is something that if you can if you can pull it off, if you can afford it, I highly recommend it because it's that type of memorable ex- experience that uh, that will live with you for a lifetime. Yeah, if you can dream it, I mean, if you can afford it, you can do it. And, uh, yes. and you know, this certainly is a plus type of experience for your Walt Disney World vacation. But above and beyond just the simple one-hour cruise, you can plus that as well. Because in addition to just the cruise and maybe seeing wishes, you can, and this brings a smile to my face, you can have private dining. You can have food aboard the Grand One as well. They have private dining. They have butler service. Uh, they have an extensive menu with all different types of packages that you can get if you so want it. So it ranges from something called the officer's package where you can select three items um, and a dessert. That runs about twenty nine ninety nine per person. It goes up to an admiral's package where you can pick six items off of a menu plus two dessert items. That's around $50 per person. And again, there's cold and hot selections. So you might have a red pepper hummus, a citrus salad with smoked salmon, spicy shrimp gazpacho, uh, chilled beef with mushrooms, and there's also hot selections as well. Spice rub chicken skewers, skewered beef with dipping sauce. Look how much time I'm spending on the food. <laughs> Duck pot stickers, uh, guava empanadas, and again, a variety of desserts. You can also do a la carte platters. There's cakes, there's wine. So if you want to have a birthday party on there, really want to blow somebody away and surprise them, you can go out, have a cake delivered to the, to the boat, everything from a little Mickey Mouse cake up to a sheet cake that can serve, you know, everybody that can fit on the bo- on board and beyond. And, of course, you can get uh, beverages and beer and wine uh, on, on board as well. Yeah, and, and in the case of Lou, of course, he never even saw what the world was around him because he was so busy eating everything. But for the rest of us, it, it helps the you know the food helps ex- enhance the experience. Especially think about you know going to again kind of the evening in that romantic package. There's really no other way and more romantic way to either pop the question or to maybe pop it again. Uh, especially for those that maybe are already married, have been married for many years, and are maybe thinking about getting remarried. Maybe they're doing a, a really intimate uh, little experience there. You can do that aboard the Grand One. And you know the, the staff, the crew that's there, I talked to the captain uh, for quite a while, a wonderful, very engaging staff. They're wonderful to speak with and talk with, but they also know uh, and are very discreet that especially when you know, Wishes is going on. Oh, and by the way, they have their own radio transmitter, so Wishes is piped into the boat so you can listen to the music, and it's, it's timed and, and everything like that. They know how to also kind of step back and allow the guests to have their alone time. Uh, they'll take you wherever you want. 
uh, during your hour aboard, hour or hours, however long, however much time you have, they'll take you wherever you want to go. So if, let's say you have this during the day, to go get another very unique experience, head on over to the Wilderness Lodge. Actually go over, and again, another interesting experience, be able to go over one of the, one of the few water bridges in Walt Disney World, go over to the Wilderness Lodge, watch the geyser from the water side. And it's a really beautiful picture because you've got the geyser uh, launching off and going off with the Wilderness Lodge in the background. It's a gorgeous shot. It also gives you an, a unique uh, vantage point of the lodge. The captain was telling me about this, about how the Wilderness Lodge itself was kind of laid out with uh, kind of a bear's face in mind uh, when the lodge was created. And he kind of pointed it out. When you look at it, you actually, yeah, you do sort of see the face of a bear in the Wilderness Lodge. It's actually really cool, and it's a, a, a beautiful vantage point uh, to see that lodge and to see how uh, it was constructed. And, you know, just beautiful photography everywhere. Great, very close-up vantage points of the uh, electrical water pageant. Uh, you know, you're pretty much right on top of the thing, so it's not necessarily, you know, back looking from your you know, resort room and kind of looking into the distance and you see it, you know, off the off of the distance or something like that. You're right up on top of it, about as close as you can get to see one of the longest, in fact, I don't know, maybe the longest running uh, experience or show at Walt Disney World. It's something that dates all the way back to 1971. So an, another great opportunity and again, a, a way to have a unique and exclusive experience uh, to see the things going on at Walt Disney World. And you make a great point about how the captain and the crew will be as interactive as you want them to be. So if obviously you want to have your quiet, private, romantic evening for two and just the only food that you want to have or maybe some tuxedo strawberries and champagne, they will leave you alone. If you want more of a tour of Bay Lake and the Seven Seas Lagoon, they will do that for you as well. And, you know, like I said, Chuck, imagine for that couple that wants to go and get engaged or do something special, having that little private dinner out on the ship beforehand and then being out there and getting to watch wishes. I mean, that is sort of, you know, the ultimate of the ways I can think of, uh, of that romantic place to pop the question or, or to do something really, really special for somebody. Yeah. And they're also, the, the crew is also very good with kids and in particular case for, for me, when, when we went down and, and you know full disclosure for this uh, this I, I was awarded this as part of the uh, Disney's biggest fan contest that Disney and United Vacations held uh, and and I, w I won the trip to Walt Disney World and as part of it was an experience aboard the Grand One to watch wishes uh, so again my great thanks to to Disney and to United Vacations for awarding this this to me and to my entire family. Um, the kids had a great time with this as well, and the, the, the captain and the first mate really spent a lot of time, especially with my boys. They really uh, talked to them and enjoyed them. In fact, my boys, when, we, when it was time to come watch Wishes, the boys were up on the, on the flying bridge watching from, from there while my wife and I and my daughter we were down on the stern uh, on the lower level watching, and everybody just had a great time watching uh, Wishes and, and seeing uh, all the fireworks, again, from a, a really unique perspective absolutely and the one tip i would want to give is you can watch it from outside you can watch it from inside there's panoramic windows all around one thing to remember is depending on the time of year that you are going everybody thinks chuck that florida is just hot and humid all year round it can get a little chilly at night oh, yes. in those january february even march days 
So keep that in mind if you are going to be out on the water. Make sure you dress appropriately, especially if you have young kids. Oh, yes. And especially because you're, you're out on the water and so breezes could pick up that you might not feel out in the parks and things like that, that when you're out in a huge, open, very obvious flat space being water, it can get quite chilly on that boat, even in a, you know, on a day when it gets up to you know, 85 degrees, by the time you get to the evening, it can cool on down, and with those sea breezes can actually get a little chilly. One other tip for you, when you're booking your experience for the Grand One, if you don't happen to be staying at the Grand Floridian, let's say you're staying at the Contemporary or at the Polynesian, the Grand One will come get you. You can actually make arrangements that the Grand One will meet you at whatever marina along Bay Lake and the Seven Seas Lagoon you wish. So not just the Grand Floridian, but also the Polynesian, Wilderness Lodge, Contemporary Lodge, any one of the marinas that Grand One will pick you up. And also when your experience is over, when your time is up, um, aside from crying because your your time aboard the Grand One is over, they'll drop you off uh, at whatever resort you wish. And so it, it's just a, another example of that awesome Disney service and personalized service uh, that that you can experience uh, again for a cost, but you know you get what you pay for. So here's Lou's you know ultimate romantic day at Walt Disney World. You you bring your wife, your girlfriend, fiance, your mom, and your dad, whatever you want to do. Take them to the Magic Kingdom, be a kid again all day, and then bring them to the California Grill at night and apologize that you just weren't able to get reservations during Wishes to be able to watch Wishes from the top of Disney's Contemporary Resort. You have an amazing dinner, some awesome sushi, a cocktail or three. Go downstairs, thinking that you'll just watch it from downstairs somewhere, and there's the Grand One waiting outside for you with strawberries and champagne to cap off the night with Wishes. See, that could be sweet and sensitive and romantic, That could be really cool. I'll I'll counter that with the Disney Daddy's family package there. Similar thing, enjoying a great day at the parks. Go to Chef Mickey's, having a wonderful dinner at Chef Mickey's in the early uh, early evening, and you, you make arrangements, and here comes you know, Mickey Mouse walking around, and he hands you a special card, and it says, come enjoy and watch my fireworks celebration aboard the Grand One, and it's there, and it's waiting for you, and you've got extra little treats and, and Mickey cupcakes and all of that uh, on the boat ready and waiting for you, and you watch Wishes for a great way to finish the night. I love it. I love it. I, th- I think they both work. And again, depending on what you're doing and what you're going for and what type of experience you want to plus up, I-, I think the Grand One can do that. And again, you know, even if you just go out for an hour, it'll be something. And Chuck, you, you can, you know, you're a testament to that. Certainly it is something that you and your family or you and your fiance or future spouse will never, ever, ever forget to, to find out more about booking, you can call 407-WDW-PLAY. I'll also post in the show notes this week the phone number for the private dining service to find out more about that. You need to book that at least seven days before your cruise. And if you're thinking about getting married uh, or maybe uh, doing a some sort of a vow renewals, a honeymoon, whatever it might be, and want to do the Grand One, you can go and visit DisneyWeddings.com. I'll, get, I'll put links to all these in this week's show notes, as well as links over to Chuck's blog over at DisneyDaddy.blogspot.com. Chuck, I want to thank you for coming on again. I want to congratulate you, by the way, on being awarded Disney's Ultimate Fan on the United Vacations Contest. It sounds like this is just one part of what was an amazing trip, 
We'll have to have you come on and talk about some of the other things you did uh, while you were down not too long ago. Oh, it was, you know, being named Disney's biggest fan was a, was a real honor, real thrill. Frankly, I know there's a lot of other people out there who probably could be considered far bigger fans than I am, um, but I'm still honored and, and, and proud to have have won this this uh, this trip and, and this acknowledgement. And, and yes, there were some really amazing experiences, folks, that I can't wait to share with you. Great. Thanks again, buddy. Anytime. Time to announce the winner of our last Walt Disney World Trivia Contest. Two weeks ago, I gave you five trivia questions about Walt Disney World, themed that week to Disney's Animal Kingdom, as we were talking about the Taste of Africa Street Party. I also asked you a bonus question, which you didn't have to get right, but if you did and got all five of the trivia questions correct, I put your name into the virtual hat and randomly selected one for this week's winner. Before I announce the winner... Let's go over the questions and the correct answers. Number one, as you descend the stairs before entering your time rover in the queue at Dinosaur at Disney's Animal Kingdom, there are three thin pipes running across the wall that are colored red, yellow, and white and have some equations written on them. And I asked you, what do those equations equate to? And they were ketchup, mustard, and mayonnaise, respectively. Keeping in mind that at one point, the attraction, as well as many of the food stands around property, were sponsored by McDonald's. Number two, Disney's Animal Kingdom includes plants from every continent except Antarctica. Number three, I asked you, during the first year of operation, what show could be found at the Theater in the Wild? currently home to Finding Nemo the Musical, and that was Journey into the Jungle Book. Number four, I asked you what fictitious highway, according to story, runs through Chester and Hester's Dinorama. And if you look around carefully, you'll find that this roadside gas station now turned into theme park experience is on Diggs County Highway, Route 498. I would, of course, have taken Route 498 or Diggs County Highway or any combination of the two. Number five, the original concept for Disney's Animal Kingdom divided the park into three distinct areas, focusing on what? And I was looking for real, mythical, and extinct animals. It was back in June of 1995 when Michael Eisner announced the plans for Disney's Animal Kingdom He told people that guests would go on adventures through regions filled with real animals, a second world filled with mythical creatures such as unicorns and dragons, beastly kingdom, rest in peace, and a third focusing on dinosaurs and other extinct creatures. And I asked you a bonus question, and that was, what is the name of the cast model of the fully articulated Triceratops skeleton that's located in the dinosaur attraction's queue. And his name is Raymond. Really, everybody loves Raymond. 
I was looking for Raymond. That's the name of the dinosaur. Now, some of you did give me Dr. W.R. Gartska, but that is the name of the archaeologist who found it, dug it up, and also donated it. But great job to all the people that mentioned that and also mentioned that the nameplate is misspelled. It should be spelled G-A-R-T-S-K-A when it should read G-A-R-S-T-K-A. So although the answer wasn't right, thanks for adding the additional information. So again, you didn't need to get the bonus question right in order to be entered into the pool. I did put all the correct entries in. And this week's winner is Gregory Mabe. Now, Gregory got all five correct And he got the bonus question correct, which not only gives him the subscription to Celebrations Magazine, but the bonus question is usually always a mystery prize. And this week's prize is an iTunes gift card valued at $25. So, Gregory, congratulations. I will get your prizes out to you right away. Thanks to everybody else who entered and played. I hope you had a good time. Hope you learned something along the way. Stay tuned for another trivia contest coming very soon. It could be in the form of trivia questions. It could be a Name That Disney World tune, a What's My Line, a Where in the World Have You Heard This, or something else. Definitely stay tuned, and thanks again for playing. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. Also want to say thanks to Chuck Lionberger. You can find his blog over at DisneyDaddy.blogspot.com and Tim Foster from GuideToTheMagic.com. And of course, he is my partner on Celebrations Magazine. It is a bi-monthly print magazine celebrating the magic of Walt Disney World, the Disney parks, and the Disney films. You can find out more, subscribe, order back issues, or even contribute to the magazine by going to visit celebrationspress.com. Don't forget that in addition to the show, I invite you to come by the website over at wdwradio.com. There you can comment on this week's show in the show notes. There's also blog posts, discussion forums, photo galleries, and so, so much more. There you can also shop in the WDW Radio store for my audio guide CDs or downloads and signed copies of my Walt Disney World trivia books. You can also download the free WDW Radio iPhone app and discover all the different ways to stay connected and interact with me and the show through Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, FriendFeed, and so much more. Again, just a reminder, and just a reminder, if you did send me a personal friend request on Facebook, I am not ignoring you. I've unfortunately reached my Facebook-imposed friend limit, so I'm going to ask you to please come over and come like the WDW Radio page at facebook.com slash WDW Radio. I do post all of my updates and posts on that page as well. If you like this episode, please go back, especially if you're a new listener. Check out older episodes of the show. Everything from show number one is available in the archives, on the website, and on iTunes. And in addition to the audio podcast, If you subscribe to the show in iTunes or if you come by the site, you'll also see that I post videos on a regular basis. I actually released two new videos this week. One is the grand opening from Vianopoli, the new pizzeria over in the Italy Pavilion in Epcot. And another video that I shot recently over at the Disney Wedding Pavilion right near the Grand Floridian with some members of the Disney Fairytale Wedding and Honeymoon staff. 
And I released that video this week in conjunction with an announcement because I'm going to be doing a special event with Disney Weddings later on this month. On Saturday, August 28th, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Frank's studio over at Disney Wedding Pavilion, they're going to have an open house. So if you are in town, you want to come in, learn more about Disney weddings, honeymoons, talk to Disney wedding experts, and tour Frank's, the grounds, Picture Point, the wedding pavilion itself, you can do that as well. But if you can't come out to the event, I'm actually going to be broadcasting live video from the event from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. If you come to WDW Radio Live, you can follow along. We'll be touring the pavilion. We'll be talking to some of the wedding, fairy tale wedding and honeymoon cast members and so, so much more. I'm going to put links in the show notes, not only to the video, but to the Facebook event page for the open house for Disney Weddings, as well as the Facebook event page for the WDW Radio Live broadcast. You can follow along again, either in person. Please come by and say hi. It is a free event with free parking. Or if you can't make it down to Walt Disney World, I hope you can come by for the entire open house or even just a couple of minutes over at WDW Radio Live. Speaking of special events, there's a lot of stuff coming up in the next few weeks and months. Next weekend is the Pacific Northwest Mouse Meet. So if you are going to be in the Linwood, Washington area, hopefully you can join us. But again, if you can't, I'll also be broadcasting live all day from the event. This is where the box people got started So it's a bit of an anniversary of sorts as well. I will be broadcasting, touring the event, showing some of the special things that are going on there. Again, you can come by and visit, watch, and chat at WDWRadioLive.com. The next WDW Radio Meet of the Month is going to be the same weekend as the Disney Weddings Open House. It looks like it's probably going to be Sunday early in the day. Stay tuned to the show, probably Twitter and Facebook, best way to get updates to the exact time and location again the meets of the month i do every month in walt disney world sometimes in the parks sometimes outside the park last month we did it at the contempo cafe for those who maybe are seasonal pass holders or don't want to use one of their park tickets we do it outside the park stay tuned like i said uh, over the next week or so i should have more details and not every event takes place in walt disney world or and as in the case with the mouse meet not even on the east coast and listen I think every Walt Disney World fan should visit Disneyland. So if you're looking for an excuse, come on out to Destination D. That's the D23 event, September 24th and 25th. Mouse Fan Travel, who, as you know, is my official and recommended travel provider, has special packages and rates where you can get $175 per night rate over at the Disneyland Hotel, where all the D23 events are going to be going on. I did tell you that we are also going to have a special event out there as well. Thursday night, the night before all the D23 events take place, we're going to have a special World of Color dessert party that includes a reserved viewing area of World of Color, so you don't have to get online early in the day and get a pass and get online later on. We're also going to have a dessert party at the Golden Vine Winery at the Upstairs Terrace, The event is going to run from about 7 to 10 p.m., so it should be a long time, a great opportunity to get together, watch World of Color, and, of course, share some dessert as well. If you do book the hotel package with Mouse Fan Travel, you get the first shot at what is going to be a very, very limited number of tickets. Those are just going to be $19 per person if you book in the package. You're going to save $10 off the regular general admission rate of $29 
the rooms at the special group rate are going to be available until August 16th. I think this is going to be a great, really fun event. I've never seen World of Color before, so I'm really looking forward to the special event as well as Destination D. If you can't make or don't want to come to the World of Color event, I will be having at least one meetup as part of the Destination D event. It's going to be a free meetup somewhere, probably either at the Disneyland Hotel or maybe even in Disneyland, just waiting for D23 to release a schedule so we have an idea of when we can have a meetup. But please, feel free to come by. Let me know if you're going to be out there for Destination D. Would love for you to get together with us and experience and enjoy the Destination D event together. October, don't forget, it's not only Walt Disney World's birthday, but it is Food and Wine Festival over in Epcot. And once again, I will be doing my walkabout, where we tour the entire promenade, stop and sample from every kiosk, and record a segment for the show. Please feel free to come by and join us for that. That's going to be Friday, October 1st, probably start around 2.30 or so. I will have some additional details exactly when we'll be starting and what direction we're going to be heading coming very, very soon. I'll also have a meet of the month probably the next day in case either you can't make it, the Food and Wine Festival is not for you. Maybe you just want to come by, meet up, and chat. Again, I'll put some more information and link to the Facebook event page as soon as I have the details for that. The following weekend is Congaloosh. That's October 8th through the 10th. That's where Jim Corcus is going to be giving his tour. I'll be giving a tour of the Jungle Cruise, but more importantly, there's a dinner and private show at the Adventures by the Adventurers Club cast on the stage of the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular after the park is closed. It's a full weekend of events, including a show and sale, a banquet, a Q&A, again, tours by Jim Corcus, uh, lots of surprises. For more information, you can visit congaloosh.org. I'll put that link in the on the event page on the site as well. And of course, don't forget about the WDW Radio Cruise aboard the Disney Dream, February 27th, 2010. We are getting ready to do a show segment about not just that cruise, but sort of cruising on the Disney Cruise Line in general. So if you do have a question either about the Disney Dream, our cruise, booking a trip for this cruise, or anything at all about cruising, we are going to have a show about it. We're also going to do a live WW Radio live broadcast. But if you have any questions, I'll link in this week's show notes where you can come by, post your question in the comments, and we'll answer them on the show. For more information about any of the meets of the month in Walt Disney World and any of the Disney meets coming up in the next few weeks and months, visit DisneyMeets.com. I've set up a simple page where you can go and find out about the meets of the month in Walt Disney World, other Disney events that I'll be at, and lots more. Again, that site is DisneyMeets.com. Don't forget, I want you to be as much a part of the show as you'd like to be. Have it be as interactive as possible. So if you have a question that you want me to answer on the air, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com. If you want to play listener fact or fiction for a chance for me to call you, ask you 10 trivia questions for a chance to win some prizes, you can email me at that same address. Put fact or fiction in the subject line, very important, and also send me your phone number. Or if you want to be heard on the air, Call in with a question, a comment, even just a hello from the parks, whatever it might be. You can call the toll-free voicemail line anytime at 888-703-2171. Thanks, as always, to my partners and sponsors, including and especially Mouse Fan Travel. Like I said, they are my official and recommended travel provider for all your vacation planning needs. And All-Star Vacation Homes has more than 150 homes within just five miles of Walt Disney World. 
There's always a lot more still going on. Again, best way to get updates is to follow me on Twitter and come by Facebook. I am about to announce a release date or a tentative release date, I should say, for the Liberty Square audio guide to Walt Disney World, as well as, well as some other projects that I'm working on. I will let you know as soon as possible. And speaking of letting people know, as always, all I ask is that if you like the show, and I hope you do, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Post in other discussion forums and share the link with some of your other Disney friends. Tweet out about it that you're listening or post the link over on Facebook. And please come by, review the show and or the iPhone app over on iTunes. And of course, my friends, I want to say thank you for taking the time to listen each and every week. I know your time is valuable, so it means so much that you take the time to listen. And more importantly, I hope that you are able to find your passion and pursue your dream and keep moving forward and take steps towards making that happen each and every day and that you have a great, great week this week. Thanks again for listening. See ya. Blue Mangello with the Cinnamon and Canes calling from Animal Kingdom today. We are on day number four of our trip and have had some magical, wonderful moments. Uh, we had the electrical parade and Nightastic over at the Magic Kingdom. Um, we had a wonderful trip back with a bus driver who took us straight to our resort, even though we were supposed to get a connector at downtown Disney. And we took a great tour over at Epcot. I'm just calling to say it was really, really fantastic. It was undiscovered future land. It was four hours. James took us, and we learned so many great things and saw so many backstage areas. It was just what packed up, as Tinkerbell would say. And we were having a great, great time. Wish you were here. Wish we'd bump into you at one of the rides or one of the parks. Um, but I wanted to touch base and let you know we're having a great time in the world again. So you take care. Have a magical day, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, Lou, this is Mary Jo Collins. Hey, Lou, this is Emily Collins. Hey, Lou, this is Sherlock Collins. And we were just calling to say, Happy Birthday! Hey, Lou, this is Emily. I hope you had a fantastic birthday today. I'm really looking forward to the cruise. Remember, you and I ride the aqueduct together. Here's Wyatt. Hey, this is Wyatt. I look forward to eating around the world with you at the Epcot walkabout. But just to let you know, I won't eat escargot. Hey, Lou. We just wanted to call and say that we wish you a very, very, very happy birthday. And we love you. See ya. Happy birthday, Lou! Hey, Lou. It's Melissa from the Cinnamons and Canes. It is 5.30 on Saturday, our last day in the world, and we're winding down with a big hit. We just got out of um, Haunted Mansion, and we looked for Mr. Toad's homage, and we found that. And then uh, we had a Dole Whip, finally, uh, trying to make plans and room for that. Um, and we saw... Um, Oh, gosh, what else did we see, huh? Country Bears. Oh, we saw the Country Bears. We did all the basics, Country Bears, the um, Carousel of Progress, all our favorites as we wind down our trip to the world. Um, but uh, 
we came armed with your CDs, love them com- coming down. We've been filling everything out for Tim's um, book. So as we make our way back home, if we see something in our diary that is worth mentioning to you, we will give you a call back. But once again, I had a great, great time. Port Orleans was our destination. Um, all the parks, including two water parks, were a fun, fun time. And I don't want to go back, but we'll be making plans for the next time. So take it easy, Lou, and thanks again for all your trivia for the way down. We had a great time with it and look forward to recapping it on the way back. All right, take care. Bye, Lou. See ya. Happy birthday, Lou. This is Paige and Amber from WDW Radio Meets at the Dow Bar and at the Contemporary and we just wanted to wish you a happy birthday, and we hope we'll be able to see you again soon. And uh, keep sharing the magic. Bye. Hey, Lou. Todd from Jersey. How's it going? Uh, first of all, just finish listening to the most recent podcast. And one of the questions during your um, email segment with Becky regarded riding bicycles in Walt Disney World, and uh, I just wanted to kind of add a little other bit of knowledge that I found out, because I had recently bought a, uh, a bicycle, and it was considering bringing it down with me, and I also, too, also uh, wanted to ride it around uh, Disney property, and I was told, and I had called DVC, because I'm a DVC member, and I also called the main information number, as well as a couple main desks of uh, resorts we were staying in. Um, it looks like every resort has, at least the, the deluxe resorts, have designated paths that are marked as bike paths, and most resorts do have maps. If they have them in or not is uh, the other question. But the thing that's interesting um, that they told me is that Bell Services will store your bicycle for you during your stay for no charge. So you don't have to have it on the roof of your car and somehow try and bring it into the room or something or or worry what's going to happen to it if it's left outside overnight. Um, The Bell Service will actually store your bicycle for you for your charge. It's an awesome service that I'm sure they don't advertise very much, but it's um, great for anyone who wants to take that opportunity to ride a bike around Disney World. Uh, I also want to jump in and say that my wife and I, uh, my wife Elise and I both had a great time at the meeting of the month a couple weeks ago while we were down there. Unfortunately, we're back in Jersey and feeling the doldrums of not being around the magic, but we had a great time with you um, at the beginning of the month as well as hanging out with you, your family, and everyone else at uh, the Taste of Africa. Um, Sorry we couldn't make it too much later that night. We were lightweight that day, I know, but we had a great time. That number of hours we hung out was such such an experience being around such huge Disney enthusiasts and people who kind of get who we are and are how we are. It made us feel less alone and much more part of a community, which is what we really, really would like to be. Um, my wife is ecstatic at your reaction to her cookies, and um, I, will, I will continue to tell Elise that um, you really uh, you love, you love your food, and when you got those and you look on your face and you tweeted them, it was amazing, and she she's loving that still to this day. Um, we are also appreciate that you and your daughter both signed our trivia books. So we like to think we've got one of kind set. Because not only do we have your signature, but we've got your daughter's right on her pictures, and it's kind of great. Um, thank you again for everything you do for the Disney community with the podcasts, 
the magazines, the trivia books, the audio guides, everything you do. You inspire us to want to move forward and do something that's going to get us more involved in the magic. And uh, maybe it'll happen sooner than later. We'll get down there, be more involved. It would be great. We'll be in touch, Lou. Thanks again for everything. And until next time I call in and we talk, see ya. Hey, Lou, this is Brian from the Cinnamons and Canes. You heard from my wife, Melissa, at least once, maybe twice already, about our trip that's ending today on our way home, on the road home. Uh, just wanted to leave a message for you about Yeehaw Bob, who uh, we learned about through your podcast. And uh, we were at Port Orleans Riverside last year, didn't even know he was there, did did stop by the River Roost, and then, and then heard, uh, you know, you say some really good things about him. And just wanted to reiterate that, that he was – Fantastic! We finally had a chance to catch him last night. Uh, unfortunately, he was on vacation this week, and I uh, thought we might miss him again, but we did uh, have a chance to see him, and he is wonderful, uh, an extraordinary performer. Uh, my favorite song was uh, Sarah, Sarah Sitting on the Shed House Door. Made me a fan. We bought a CD, listening to it on the way home. So thanks for that tip, Lou. Uh, we had a great trip. Um, see ya. Hi, Lou. This is your call from a girl with an English accent, as requested in the live chat at the weekend. Poor old Olga, she keeps getting brought up every time. Anyway, it's Emma from the UK here, and I just wanted to let you know that this week's listeners' emails with Becky was just as funny as it always is. Uh, It must be time for another top ten with Tim, too. Keep up the good work, and thanks for everything that you do. I'm envious of how much energy you have to put into everything. Still hoping I get to see you in December. Take care and see ya. 